0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Uh, what up, guys? It's the 3M Podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. My name is Sean. We're a comedy horror podcast. We tell scary stories, we tell funny stories, and shoot the shit. You know what I mean? Tonight in the studio, we got Nick.
1: Hey yo. What's up? <laughs> so we've said farewell to our good friend Kalima. Rest in peace. Rest in peace.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not really. Okay, that's not um, funny. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: he uh had a had a baby, his second baby. So he also has his own passion projects that he's trying to move on with. So uh good luck to him. We hope to have him on for 3 p.m. Because he has yeah, stories. Yeah. But uh Nick, jumping in to the studio. Uh, Young Nick. Young Nick. It worked. Yeah. (laughs) So we we got him on deck for now, and we're happy
0: to have him. He got about uh, 30 seconds of training, and we said, all right, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) So he's running it all tonight. Slowly but surely.
1: Uh, You just flew in at midnight last night.
0: Yes, sir. From New York City.
1: Yep. How was it?
0: It was awesome, dude. I love New York. It's cool, man. It's the best, bro. I don't know what, what it about is. it. The energy, just so much is happening. I don't know. It's like possibility and potential. The entire that's what it, that's what I feel. Also, I'm a mad tourist because I look around, I'm like, I'm in a movie right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like every back alley, I'm like, dude, you could film a scene right here. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh the food, bro. We had oh, yeah. some dang food. And for fear of like getting shot by some West Coasters, I had some of the best tacos of my life. Bro, the East Coast. I told you, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's the number one best bite I've Bro. had in all of 2021.
0: I was hell skeptical yeah. because last time I was on the East Coast, uh, we got tacos in Boston and they were literal trash, like the <laughs> worst food. I was so upset. I threw like 90% of the burrito just like straight in the trash and I do not throw food away. Like I will finish <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, so it just tainted my whole view of like East Coast. And Mexican, food. their rendition of Mexican <laughs> food. I was like, they just don't have it, yeah. which is still probably like ninety percent true. But this place in New York, mad authentic. It's called Los Tacos Number One. Yeah, and dude, I walked in and I was like, okay, hey, the vibe is right. Yeah, the people in here, no, no one's speaking English. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, they weren't like Cuban; they were Mexican. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so everything was right. And then uh, we order. And holy shit, dude, it was, like, some of the best tacos I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Still, like, I would say better tacos exist Southern California, but, like, <laughs> these were amazing. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good. What else? This Thai spot. Ooh. If you're ever in New York and you want amazing Thai food and, like, a hole-in-the-wall experience, like, truly a diamond in the rough or whatever, it's called Juan de Siam. Uh, it was suggested to us by reed's mom who's from thailand she's oh. like this is the best thai spot that she's found bro it is every bite is just like phew, <laughs> the best it's one of those spots where like the juice on the bottom of the plate i was like frantically dipping rice in start like, drinking. drinking the juice yeah in the plate. <laughs> Cause, like i didn't want any dude we got like a full snapper i was like picking every little piece of meat and every, mm. dude. oh oh my gosh it was one of the best meals that thai meal i've had since seattle Mm. which is like tall order those are like the best meals of my life (laughs) anyway so lots of food new york's lit those
1: were your best bites yeah the tacos and the tie easy and then what else did you do besides food uh we just do sneak anything else in shopping or museums or any couple things my wife and
0: i every christmas season love to go to new york because it's just fun to feel like the christmas vibe there was Uh, it snowing
1: no no weirdly it's warm here in Utah. Yeah. I was up the canyon. I didn't see any snow. What? Yesterday. Wait, we're
0: supposed to get snow Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> also, we're recording this on the 6th of December. Yeah. Monday. Hell yeah. Monday six. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, no, we just like, so we went and saw the Rockefeller tree, all that stuff. Cool. But I did cross off a thing off my childhood bucket list. What's that? I saw- Magic Mike. Phantom of the Opera. Oh, okay. Oh, what? Dude, when I was like 10, my aunt was like- <laughs> she was just talking about seeing phantom of the opera and she said it was like the coolest experience of her life and since i was little i was like i want to go to new york and see phantom of the opera so we did dude it was hella dope (laughs) the production is insane like Mm. uncomprehensible how they can make a stage so many different places like that it's unreal i don't know have you guys ever seen shows like in new york or anywhere like vegas or anything i've
3: seen like one or two shows like plays. Yeah. I I saw one at the what's the one up the Hale. The Hale Center Center in like Sandy. That was like the only one I've seen that wasn't a high school play though. So
1: I've seen Cirque du Soleil in Vegas. Which one? That's the only the only thing I can't remember. It was like 2014, 15.
3: Oh. But I had a homie performing in it. (laughs) That's the only one I (laughs) know. No. We got
1: (laughs) no. You had a buddy in Cirque du Soleil? Yeah. What? Yeah, he's native, Native American. And he did hoop dancing. Uh-huh. So he traveled them all over the world, and uh, he's like won world competitions in hoop dancing.
0: Dude, that's lit. What's yeah. his name?
1: He's not a buddy anymore. Obviously, I can't remember his name. Uh, Mike, <laughs> like, Michael Godell, Carl G O E D E L <laughs> is his name. It's Dude, been look. years since I've seen him. He's he lives in a different state, and he has like different group of friends. So we haven't really stayed connected, but that's at the time him. we were hanging out a decent amount. But that's dope. Yeah, um, but. Dude, Broadway? I I feel bad, but I have like it has like zero appeal to me. Like I have zero interest in going to Broadway. I don't like I understand that the production value, high, the acting, incredible the talent and the skill of everyone there. But like pure uh, entertainment value for But you? like, I don't know. I never feel like a magnetic pull towards going to a Broadway show. Yeah. There's just other things I'd rather do first. For but, sure. Maybe I, I feel like I should break that. Anytime there's something that I don't like, I'm like,
0: no, I want I'm to change it. I don't it. want to like hold hold me back, you know. Yeah, okay, but, yeah. Because you might be missing something. Or like, exactly, yeah. yeah. That's well, a cool practice to have.
3: I've like re- really never seen plays either, but the one I saw at the Hell Center was you didn't have it was, Drama it was, Club. Drama Club? Was, no, no, dude. Homeschoolers don't have that, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was called it was called Mousetrap, and it was like a mystery. And, like, that's my jam. So, I thought it was dope. I didn't know what it was going, though. That's I cool. kind of
0: went in, like, blind. I love when you have low expectations or no expectations, and you're just, like, pleasantly Blown. surprised. I love <laughs> it. I, I had the same thought. As I was watching uh, Phantom of the Opera, I was like, dude, this is clearly, like, I can not everyone's cup of tea. And even, like, people in the audience around me, I could tell, were just, like, so bored. How, you <laughs> like, pick them out. So, I don't know. Yeah, I was, like... And if we're being honest, it's like I wouldn't sit down and watch that every day, but I think it was like the pure nostalgia and just like being there and witnessing uh, it for me. But I, I would agree. I don't know. There's something to that. <laughs> Can I move yeah. on real quick? Yeah. By far, the craziest thing that happened to me was on the flight back. Okay. <laughs> Tell me if I'm a uh, bad person or not. But yes, I'm sitting you are there. a bad person. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm you sitting put, there. You
1: put your feet on the seat in front of you. <laughs> yeah,
0: toes oh, out. Oh gosh, <laughs> dude. I pinched the back of their arm to move them <laughs> with my big toe. No, um, I'm sitting there in my chair, and the row ahead of me, ahead of me. You know, like you can look through the cracks and you can clearly see like what they're watching. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm just like minding my own business. I'm trying to put on a movie, and I look up, and the lady who is front right to me, okay, so diagonal right to me, she's texting on her phone. Her phone brightness is 110%. It's like a <laughs> flashlight. And her text, you know how you can, like, go in in settings and you can make your text bigger? Yeah. Hers was easily, like, twice the size normal. Like, <laughs> so I can clearly see everything she's texting, right? <laughs> so I was just, like, sitting there. And I look over and I see she's texting, whatever. And then she sends a photo. Oh, no. And it happens to be of her in a bra, like, pushed up against some glass. <laughs> And I was like, "Whoa, bro, you
1: pervy!" <laughs> so I start
0: looking. Just wait, dude. Just wait. This is a roller coaster. I promise. I start looking, and I'm like reading the text, and holy shit, she is full on sexting, in like public, like, and no she was holding shame. her phone up like this, like she was holding her phone up straight up
1: in front of her face. Yes,
0: she's like showing it to people. So I'm like, I'm like looking, and I'm like reading, and I'm like, uh, like hands rubbing, fingers, like all these like trigger words. And I like elbow MJ who's sitting next to me. I was like, yo. Well, actually, I texted her. And I was like, dude, the lady in front of you is full on sexing. She's like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) But to me, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, who doesn't? (laughs) So I'm just like watching more. And this is where am I a bad person? Because now I'm like fully into it. And I'm like, I want to see what's going on. (laughs) So I'm doing detective work. She has a huge engagement ring with a rock that's like this big. And a wedding band. I'm like, oh, she's like, her and her husband just still have Spark. And she's like, probably 40s, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they, just, they still have Spark. I was like, dope. So she's texting for a while. And then she puts her phone down and picks up a second phone. Oh, frick, dude. And starts texting two or three people at the same time. I'm like, what is going on? So she has texts coming in. Dudes are talking to her. She then swipes to her locked notes, copies things, sends it to like four or five guys at once. And I'm like, what is going on?
1: Hustling.
0: (laughs) Also, the photos she's sending do not match her physical appearance because she, no hate, no judgment. She's easily almost 300 pounds. She's a large lady. And the thing she's sending is like a hot fit, little thick woman, right? so I'm just like a little baddie yeah (laughs) just a baddie she's
1: just a little saddie (laughs) oh yeah
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, so I'm just like watching her she has a whole system she's easily talking to like six guys at once with like replies and pictures and all this stuff and i'm like what is happening dude and i could like read everything it's just the raunchiest shit dude and i was like this is <laughs> wild paused my movie to like watch this oh for an hour my gosh but yeah i don't know like what what what's your guys's theories
2: <laughs>
0: it, i was well, we know felt, what's happening dude, no I, theories <laughs> i uh i was like i felt bad for the dude she was talking to because bro they were sending like Dick pick after dick pick. You're just <laughs> at a bunch of dudes' dicks. Then dick. at this point, but it was like they clearly thought they were talking to someone that they weren't. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah. And and I don't know. A part of me, I was like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. A lot of mixed feelings. So <laughs>
1: as as the let's call you the eavesdropper,
0: just the pervy eavesdropper. Sure. As eavesdropper. the
1: eavesdropper, do, uh, do the does like the moral compass change? With who you're eavesdropping on, let's Ooh. say it actually was her husband. Like,
0: that's a little wait. Start all the way back with me. Was I wrong for reading into it? Yeah, probably. It's weird. Probably I shouldn't have looked. But but who the fuck out there wouldn't
2: know? If you wouldn't
0: have looked <laughs> unless you're female. I understand. Well, y'all have the like, other y'all hand, have control or whatever. Was it hurting <laughs> anybody involved? No. I almost I was like, dude, what could I do? I wanted to see if I could like find her an airdrop and just like s- <laughs> send her a photo of like the back of her. Let be like, I could see that wiener like on your phone, dude. That There's kids in here. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, I was probably wrong for reading. Okay, nah, <laughs> moving <nah>. past that. <laughs> okay,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But as the situation changes, and if who you're eavesdropping on, let's say you're eavesdropping on a random conversation, and then they stop start talking about like plotting to murder somebody <laughs> you know like the situation i, back I feel up like changes the moral <laughs> yeah. compass and it's like oh i feel like i you like you either take on responsibility Ooh. with like the new knowledge that you have yeah it like it can change the whole
0: dynamic so it's kind of on me i need to find right. find those guys Remember what their wieners look like. Match them up. Exactly. And be like, you're getting catfished. Show fished. me your dick. Can, yeah. can you show me your Sir, wieners, show me your... <laughs> pull your pants down. Get erect now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to justify, but I really think that's part of like the reality of the situation.
0: Yeah. I was just bored. It was like some entertainment. And at first I was like, wow, this is kind of spicy. Like, But then I was like, okay. It's getting now more spicy. And I love mystery. So it's like now something is going on. I need to figure it out. So it became like a mind game where I was like, <laughs> Okay, she has a ring. Like, she has two phones. What is happening? Yeah. Dude, she had a whole operation. It was <laughs> wild. I had
1: a homie who was on uh, Dr. Phil a few years ago. What? I won't say her name. But uh, it was her with, like, it's eight, that baby eight other girls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was her outside. and eight other
1: girls who all got catfished by the same person. Wow. They were all attending BYU here in Utah. Hmm. And... They were all catfished by the same dude. <laughs> or so they thought. Like was on a, Tinder or
0: something? Uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, it turns out it was a it was a girl. <gasps> what? A lesbian Mormon girl.
0: Uh so she's uh, dealing with some things. Yeah. I'm sure some judgment and yeah. self loathing and
1: yeah. She's just trying to find some some affection or something. I don't d- know. But just some human connection. Insane.
0: You probably shouldn't lie to people but i'm not going to judge i'm not yeah. going to judge whatever <laughs> dude that is crazy okay did you see that japanese dude who's like getting prosecuted for what, what? so a japanese this is so japanese so jap of them. <laughs> <laughs> but what this dude did is he went out and like started like 30 relationships with different women damn and then told each of them that he had a different birthday so that
2: he regularly oh, got yes. presents.
0: I've seen this, <laughs> and that's uh, smart, dude. Dude, he got caught somehow, and then authorities got involved, and they like prosecuted him. Yellow They're like, eggs. "You're a dick." <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that's professional level. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Did you see? So much has happened while we were not recording. Yeah, one while of the we things was also in Japan. <laughs> you see the dude dressed up as a Joker in the train. Oh, the bullet yeah, train. Dude, that no. was wild. So. He stabbed the train conductor oh, shite. and then set the train on fire while it was going. And then he locked all the doors. <laughs> finally, the train came to like an emergency stop and the like smoke starts billowing into the, all the cars and people start like kicking the windows. Oh my gosh. They finally break the windows and they all crawl out of the windows. And there's a video of people recording the Joker dude in the train and he's just sitting in the smoke and smoking a cigarette and yeah. just waiting for authorities to show up. But.
0: I've mixed emotions. <laughs> that imagery sounds kind of dope. Right, dude? It's cinematic. But that's a terrible thing to do. <laughs> and in no way are we condoning that. Oh. oh, man, my mind is blown. I did not hear that at all. Joker a little son-son. Joker-son.
1: <laughs> Joker-son. <laughs> Dude, Japan wiling out. You know what's funny? Nobody dresses or wants to be the Jared Leto Joker. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wants to be Heath Ledger.
0: I bet he's painfully aware of that too. (laughs) That's so sad. I just
1: watched House of Gucci earlier this week, Mm -hmm. and I are you guys gonna go see it?
0: Negative. Well, what if our listeners go see it?
1: Then spoiler alert. Spoiler. Fast it's forward. It's based on a true story. Do you, do you know the, the history of Gucci? I don't. Do you want to hear it or no?
3: Dude, I'm pretty sure that they collabed with Supreme. <laughs> Migos
1: <laughs> made it something. Gucci's history is crazy because Gucci comes from the family. Their last name is Gucci. They're all Italian. The joke I just made is in reference to Versace, not Gucci. <laughs> You're good. I hate my life. But like Atlanta is huge into Gucci yeah. and Versace.
0: Okay, so start again, because all I was thinking about was my
1: dumbass joke. No. Uh it all started with the Gucci family. One of the family members is like the brother of so the father. Are they Italian? He it. Yeah, they're all like Italian. And the brother is Gucci, but his first name's Aldo. You know the brand Aldo? Shoes. Yeah. So they're like, I knew an Aldo and smelled really bad. Yeah. But anyway. The whole story is based on murder. It's pretty fascinating. I didn't like the movie, but like the story was really cool. Huh? But it's uh,
0: I didn't like the movie, but the story was really cool. Basically,
1: everyone in the Gucci family either dies or is murdered. And by the 90s, none of the Gucci family worked for Gucci. Whoa. It was all these people who bought it up. Whoa. So no one who has the Gucci name... Is like in the Gucci. Is there Gucci's business? out there? Yeah, but they're all, I think they're all like poor and broke. Oh shit. It's crazy. Wow. That's yeah, insane. But uh, Jared Leto was in that movie and he plays this uh, like one of the cousin Gucci's and he's like in his mid 40s, super fat and bald. I didn't know until like 24 hours later. <laughs> I was reading about it. Like, that, that was like, Jared Leto. I was like, that is shocking, dude. Yeah. Did he, so, so there was it. like no CGI or prosthetics or anything? Like just he, makeup. It was really good makeup. So I he see like, it now when big? I look at his face, but it was just like, I don't know. When people are in fat suits and they're bald when they have long hair originally, yeah. I just wasn't thinking about it. But gotcha. anyway, Jared dude. Leto Joker
0: sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The point of that story is. That's so funny. Two side notes: I have a movie recommendation, and then I saw Candyman. But right as it got to like where it was popping off, the plane landed. Oh, the- <laughs> so no. I was like, I'm in the worst position of my life. So like I'm in the middle of the story in my mind still. So, yeah, I I finished finished it. It, Yeah, my mind is just restless. You until, like it complete- so far? It's fun. It's entertaining. But my expectations were really low. So
1: it's I thought it was enjoyable.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, but my movie recommendation. And it's not for everyone. It's silly. It's not going to win an Emmy. Who cares? (laughs) It's called Werewolves Within. Oh, yeah. Have you
3: seen it? I saw it pop up on my Amazon Prime. I haven't got it yet.
0: You should watch it. It's legitimately like fun, funny. It's on level with a Krampus. Okay. We're like, Sean and I several years ago walked into watching it thinking we were going to see hot trash. And then we were like.
3: Oh, that was kind of entertaining. Yeah, that was really fun.
0: So if you just like let go of your whatever, but werewolves within super fun. It's like a murder mystery. They're all kind of like in the same location and one of us is the killer. So it's like, it was like
3: Do you ever play the game Werewolves? It was
0: kind of like that. With like a lot more comedy. I thought it was gonna be like trying to take itself serious, scary movie, but there's it's like See that, that's comedic. what
3: makes those kind of movies is
0: when they don't self aware themselves yep. too serious. Yeah. yeah. the self
1: awareness like, breaks like the fourth wall. And just gives them a free pass to do whatever they want. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, no. okay, you know this is dumb. <laughs> Bro, bring that up. Nick searched.
3: Oh. Well, he doesn't look like Jared Leto. Yeah. If you right? told me it was, I would have been like, oh, but
0: yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I
1: went through like three the movie was long. It's like two hours and forty five minutes. I went through three hours of watching that dude not knowing it was Jared Leto. Oh, who's
0: the this is a schmuck. Anyway. <laughs> but. All right. So should we get into it or cover anything else, y'all? Now, let's go. Wait, just so the listeners know, your health is good. You feeling better? Feeling better. Still winded. Okay. I think I still have pneumonia. <laughs> is <laughs> pneumonia contagious? No. Not the,
1: uh, there's like bacterial we like out. and then viral <laughs> pneumonia. <laughs>
0: Mine's not contagious. Got you. But I'm doing all right. Cool. It's good. All right, let's get into stories. All right, now we roll our 20-sided die to see, and what are we tell our stories. highest number goes first? The roll.
1: Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m.
0: 24 hours ago, I found out the person I'd been dating and seeing for the last six months. As a con man. That is my sister Emma. Andrew Tonks' lies had been so
3: convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series, and that's when murder, all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story
0: that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con. Bitch. And the numbers are... Bitch! 3-5-20. 3, five, 20. Three five, 20. So the order is DJ sean charlie good job dude your prize is you get to tell the bonus story today <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had a
3: crit in a while dude yeah
1: all right so i want to start this with a listener submission uh this is from the homie nick chomps
0: the whole- Nick
3: chomps
1: dude so uh the year is 2019 and nick travels to japan and he heads east of Tokyo. I assume he lands in Tokyo, catches some transportation over to what's called the Chiba prefecture. The Chiba prefecture is the entire coastal region east of Tokyo. Mm. So Tokyo is a little bit inland. I think it's kind of on a like a a bay. There okay. we go. <laughs> yeah. So Chiba is like the whole eastern region, and there's a good mix of city uh because it's like on the outskirts of tokyo Mm. and there's also super rural parts which is where he's headed so he arrives to his uncle's joint and his uncle has a nice little house kind of in the middle of nowhere it's on a vegetable farm Mm. so he gets there
0: dude i'm getting ghibli vibes right now yeah (laughs) it's
1: his uncle and uh his uncle's partner and it's day one.
0: So does homie have two uncles or?
1: No, it's his, uh, I, I believe it's his wife. Gotcha. Yeah. So the way the house is set up is uncle and the, the, their partner live in the, on the bottom floor, the ground floor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a rusty set of stairs with an awning on the side of the house that go up to the second floor. And it's separate. And it's uh, just like a normal apartment. So that's where he's staying. He takes his luggage up. He gets inside, has everything. Living room, his bedroom, bathroom. He doesn't have uh, much trouble sleeping that first night because he's tired from like 14 hours of travel. Wakes up in the morning and he meets up with his uncle and and his partner. And uh, they're two cats. And uh, he's just chilling with them, catching up. And uh, naturally, the conversation... Leads to ghost stories. And being in Japan, the uncle, who I believe sounds like he's a foreigner. Maybe he's from the U.S. Um, And his partner or his wife um, or girlfriend is from Japan. She's a native there. And she's kind of steering the conversation. And she's talking to Nick. She says, do you know anything about Yurei? Y-U-R-E-I. Yurei. And uh, she explains that yurei are like the spirits, uh, apparitions, are like, ghosts. Like
0: the spirit <laughs> of, apparition.
1: Uh, of of Japan. So she's talking about uh, the different types of yurei and uh, what's known in the region. And sitting there, it sounds like Nick was just enamored by the whole experience because he's in a new country. Uh, he's hearing these new stories about these new ghosts that are specific to to this area.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said, I I feel like I was dropped into the perfect Japanese horror movie. So oh, shoot.
0: Oh no. <laughs>
1: so that night
0: Wait, have you guys looked into Yurei at all? Dang,
1: a bit. It's Yurei like, and something else that I'll be talking about in a little bit. There's but, just like what do you know?
0: There's so many different types. Mm-hmm. And they, they're like very specific. So it's like a man without a head who has a huge mouth on his torso and just like runs around at night. And it's just like so <laughs> many different characters. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like it's less of like a transparent ghost mm-hmm. and more, more of, of like, like a demon creature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like humans with like something's off or I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. And yeah. it's like so varied.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to get more into it, which I will. I feel like
0: Yurei, like, has a, it's a guy with like his head up his butt or something. Like some, <laughs> and I'm not joking, I'm being dead serious. Anyway, cool. Dope. I'm excited to hear.
1: Um, night falls, and he's still pretty tired from travel. So he goes to sleep pretty quickly. He says it's about an hour before midnight. And uh, it wasn't long until he was awoken by slow, deliberate scratching on his bedroom door. So he's laying there, and he's listening to it.
3: Two cats.
1: He's like, that has to be the cats. Because I think it sounded like in the story that they stayed upstairs. Hmm. So Nick is thinking, he says, I don't want to chance it. I'm just going to lock the door. So he walks up. Click. As soon as he clicks the lock, the scratching stops. And he says, okay, this, I just scared the cats away. You We're know, good. Yeah. So he, he heads back to bed. He has a lot of trouble falling back to sleep. He said all night, the sound of the scratching was just replaying in his head mm. over and over. And it was just really distracting. I don't think he was super terrified. It was just distracting and he couldn't. Uh, he just had a rough time sleeping the rest of the night. So next day, day three, he wakes up. And he meets up with his uncle again and uh, uncle's partner and they get lunch. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, last night I woke up because the cats kept scratching on the door. So I just locked the door and uh, they, they ran off and he laughed and just kind of shrugged. Which is when uncle's partner says, both cats last night slept in our bedroom downstairs. As soon as he heard that, chills up his spine he's thinking no the weather wasn't crazy last night
2: outside the house
1: there's no trees to scratch the windows or the walls or anything like that um i can't think of anything that would have made that sound and i know it was at my door i know for a fact and i know that it stopped because it was just on the other side it's just inches away from you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, when when I locked the door that night. He said the rest of his time, he stayed in hostels.
2: Oh, <laughs> Sayonara.
3: Uh,
1: he said he had a, a handful of experiences, but that one was the most terrifying. Oh. He didn't detail the rest of his experiences. But he said he had a good rest of the time in Japan. And, uh, yeah. So, um, that, was, that was Nick's story. And he was... Uh, how he talked about how his uncle's partner mentioned yurei that sent me down the rabbit hole oh i started doing my studies and that's where i found tons of information on Yure. and uh a listener on discord uh said we should get into also yokai so yokai is mainly what i'm going to be talking about tonight but the world of yurei and yokai seem to be one they all kind of live together terrorizing
0: people <laughs> Or helping because there are good ones Maybe it's as like well. ghost poltergeist where it's like yeah. kind of the same. Yeah. yeah. They're all yeah. in the same realm. Rectangles and squares and shit. <laughs> exactly. Shapes
1: and magnets. How <laughs> do Helps, they work? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I have uh, a few uh, specific, and I love that you said uh, that they're like characters. Because this is exactly what they have. They have their own like characteristics and features and attributes that make them unique to themselves from each other Mm. very different from western uh style ghosts where it's either like a woman in a white dress or uh like somebody's actual ghost and they're just mad or angry and vengeful spirits Mm -hmm. and they just hang around whereas these they all have like a specific purpose or job or something about their character like physical characteristic of their body like plays into their character as a whole. It's it's fascinating. So these stories I'll be sharing with our patrons. Ooh. So head to our link in bio if you're not a patron. Otherwise, patrons, we'll see you in a sec. What's up, patrons? We're continuing on in Japan, covering yurei and yokai. So the difference between the two is yurei.
0: And... Okay. How do you guys collect stories? Depends. Like, I guess more specifically, are there some stories you kind of just like keep in the pocket until you can like get more on it?
3: Yeah. There's
1: a bunch that I have on deck that I need to find more information. and and, stuff. Yeah, just to add to it because I want to serve it when it's perfect.
0: I'm the same way. And a lot of times there has been like easily... 15 plus times where the stories i get are like pure synchronicity like something happens and something else happens and then i'm just like all right that's my story right Mm -hmm. yeah so i've been sitting on this subject for a while because i had two stories and i always felt like i needed one more to really flesh it out to kind of like um deliver a better you know content for you guys but uh as that happened and i got a little more stories we're just scratching the surface. So we're not deep diving, but we're going to dip our toe into a subject we haven't really done yet. And how this all kind of started out was back when we were in Seattle, literally when we were in Seattle. This is like when I started, like I was like, Oh shit. Uh, we were downstairs in this market of this food place and we're walking around and everyone's kind of shopping and people are like split up and stuff. The very, what is that called? Like, Fisherman or market. Pike's place. Pike's Pike's place. Place. So we're at Pike's place. We're downstairs. We're like in the back corner at the very end. It's crazy
1: because upstairs is bustling. Yeah. And if you go down a level, there's easily like
0: 20%
1: of the people there. Yeah. And it's not as.
0: It's like old bookstores, like weird curios, a magic shop we really liked. Yeah.
1: Feels like a nocturne alley. Yeah.
0: Almost. (laughs) Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Upstairs is Diagon Alley and then downstairs is Nocturne Alley. Yeah. So we're downstairs, and we're at the very end. There's, like, literally no one else. And it's a dimly lit, like, it has things hanging from the ceiling and all these, like, dark, and it's a a psychic. Ooh. And I turned to the closest person to me, who was our friend Janelle, and I was like, dude, do you want to go? Like, we should go get our, like, future's red red or something. (laughs) And she was like, oh, no. (laughs) And I was like, what? And she's like, no, I don't know about it. And I was like, why? Like, what? And she, she tells me she has a roommate named Amy, who you know. Mm-hmm. When Amy was young, she was like interested in tarot cards. Mm-hmm. And she told her parents that she wanted to like get her tarot cards read or she was going to go get that done by a friend or something. And both of her parents like freeze and look at her and they say, we forbid you. To get your tarot cards read.
3: That's just going to make you go and get the tarot cards read.
0: Is that a Streisand effect? Like when you like try to outlaw or hide when something. When you forbid It something. like makes it more. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So Amy is like thinking what the heck? Like why are my parents. They have the strong. Like they are dead ass serious. Like the mom is almost close to tears. Like we straight up do not go do that. Mm-hmm. Do not do that. Suss." I don't know if it's then or later, but they tell her the reason. So this is now Amy's parents story. And the reason why they're forbidding Amy never, (laughs) never go see a psychic, never get your tarot card dress read. Don't mess with any of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they were young, when they were a young couple, they had a couple friend who they would travel with. They would hang out all the time. Mm -hmm. And much like us, they were on a trip and they see tarot card reading here and they say oh that would be fun let's go do it so they run over they go in this dark dingy spot there's this old lady with beads and shawls and all the things and she starts reading their cards she does one at a time does amy's parents first and it's things like you know you'll have misfortune but it says here good luck will come right so it's all this like (laughs) All ambiguous, very, uh, like general, broad, super vague. Yeah, it's like you will experience Viguous. something in the next month. Oh, what? what? No Crazy. way! Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Amy's friend or Amy's parents' friends go, and the fortune teller's going, and it's the same type of vibe, but it's the dad, and she pulls the death card, <gasps> but this time the fortune teller is like visibly affected by that card. And the mood in the room is different. The grim. <laughs> uh, the fortune teller is pretty concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe tries to play it off. Maybe tries to like whatever. And then the mom goes, or the the partner of that guy. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Couple cards in death, death. card. Frick, dude. So for, I don't know. I don't know how they parted. And Amy's parents refuse to tell the details. But those two, within the year, both tragically died. So Amy's parents is like best friends growing up. Right. Both passed away super quick, to getting like two death cards at a tarot card reading.
3: But like, did the tarot cards cause that or make them aware of that?
0: That's the
1: crazy thing about like, is it like telling the future?
3: Look, I've like had, had my tarot about, cards like, read, and I, somebody needs to make a believer
0: out of me because, dude, whatever you're. Okay, so we all got our tarot cards read by <laughs> Kevin's sister. His sounded accurate to me. No, dude, it was so it was vague. Like, you're it was a stalwart, like, like, like Lone Island guy who like refuses to ask for help. Lonely maybe, Island guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so that, Th- that those was,
1: experiences for sure. Like, I see why they would react. To that. Because possibly. Like that way to Amy.
0: It's like what? Okay, like even if it's not real, what's the benefit? But if there is a risk, why do it? I could see like maybe that's the mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. That makes sense. Amy went and got her tarot cards read many times after that. From what I I hear. So obviously she wasn't too affected. We are on the huge Ferris wheel in Seattle, right? Janelle tells me why the she didn't want to do the tarot card reading. As she tells me that, Emily, who's sitting there, goes, oh, I have a story about a psychic. And I was like, that's when I was like, because when I'm looking for stories and, I, and I'm thinking of a subject, it will just like come up, right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden it was like, ooh, another one. And I was like, this is it. I'm going to save Emily's story for a minute. <laughs> Let me dive into some things. Um, okay. What is your honest opinion on fortune tellers. Do you think it's pure malarkey, Sean? Like there's absolutely nothing going on. It's just like guesswork. and
3: Well, people are going to get lucky after enough guesses.
1: But you do think they are guesses?
0: Like 100% of the time?
3: I mean, after as many reports as there have been about things being accurate, they're either extremely lucky some of the time, or there's got to be something
0: behind it. I just don't see it <laughs> so you lean way more towards it's just like guesswork and yeah it's hokey yeah dj uh i have no sense hmm. okay let me broaden the question what are your thoughts on fortune telling divination and prophecy
3: there's got to be a lot of guesswork in there somewhere Here, here's the thing
1: we're mormon like anyone with you're, a religious you're, background you're, You're a pretty like true believing Mormon. You believe in prophets. Okay, yeah. Seers and revelators. Yeah. And
3: angels. Okay, yeah. So there's an opposite. And evil spirits. uh, Opposite to that, which means there's got to be prophecy going on the other direction.
1: Or just prophecy even existing outside of the realm of our Mormon
3: realm. But I also believe that man is imperfect and can be guessing a lot. For sure. I don't know. Do you have any I thoughts to be on tell that? you?
1: I think I think it's I think it's real. I think it's real.
0: Like it's possible or
1: yeah, I think it's a hundred percent possible. Divination. Yeah. But I think it's not very probable. Like every shop you walk into, like they're actually doing what they're saying. Oh what do you think, Nick?
0: My mind first goes to there's this neuroscience class I took about self-fulfilling prophecy. When you hear these prophecies or tarot cards read or anything, your mind's instantly more likely to link to any of those events that are similar to that. And because of that, you're more likely to fall along the timeline. So I fall more on you can make educated guesses, but you still have your own self-control that can play out that timeline. That kind of plays into like the secret or just like y- your perception is reality. Cause there's like, there's cases where like they, this man had cancer and they gave him all this medicine. And then they were like, this will cure it. And he was getting really, he was getting better quickly. Yeah. And then they realized they were giving him placebo the whole time. And they told him and he like died within the year <laughs> yeah. because it was his perception. He was getting better. And then they were like, Oh shit. No, well, you're it's not.
3: like the tarot card situation too. Like, They died within the year. Mm -hmm. What if they died in five years? They're like, oh shit, that tarot card reader predicted it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Here's the thing I feel like I would want to tell, and I don't know if that's possible, but I would tell the reader one, don't give me anything middle of the road. Like try to be specific if possible. And two, don't tell me. Write it down and tell me to open it up by a certain date. Oh, that way I can look back.
0: And, and see if it was true. Yes.
1: Okay, I see. You. Instead of it taking like, it can't be a placebo at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: here's the thing, though. I think they might say something to the effect of like, "That's not necessarily how it works. You can't just like."
1: The hoax would say this.
0: Yeah, yeah. but even yeah. maybe the, the the pure or like the real psychic would. Why not? Say, why why do they have to verbalize really not it? Not it why can't they just write it down? Because like, I don't what? think they're like privy to information. I don't know how to explain this. Like. You can't like command you can't like ask specific things really. It, at least this is how I feel. Um it's more like information is offered to you rather than like you saying, I want the answer to this. Does that make sense? Like you can't be like, What are the lottery cards numbers Yeah, the, I don't know.
1: But I don't care what they write down. I just don't wanna hear it at that point. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I just want well, whatever happens are. is gonna happen like
3: let it run its course
1: uh,
0: so you just don't want to know and then go back and like see if it Matt lined up so with it doesn't what they affect were, your yeah my actions yeah gotcha. exactly
3: well maybe there are some fortune tellers that do something like that I mean I with maybe. the amount of fortune tellers there are out there I don't know any of them but like that are out there there has to be something like that
1: Is it, that feels that feels like a method that would be like foolproof to like proving or disproving
3: right I feel like the whole uh genre like medium psychics
0: doesn't feel the need to prove itself i mean there's video after video of them getting proven wrong right Mm -hmm. and like debunked rightfully so like i wasn't even wanting to go into this deep but it seems pertinent um it's a huge industry Mm -hmm. and i read a lot of like ask me anything's on reddit it was like i used to be a psychic for like 20 years i swindled people i lied to them and got a lot of money ask me anything and they just talked about like dude it's to the point now where it's like text in psychics and there's like (laughs) one one person sitting there texting like 30 people at once just charging a ton of money selling (laughs) them pipe dreams and like oh like if
3: you do this you'll find true love
0: you know you know what i mean
3: that's what we, we need to start doing. 3 a.m. <laughs> oh,
0: I guarantee you there's apps for that already. Yeah. And so like there is a super bustling uh, industry for like fraud and people yeah. who just are looking for hope. Right. And I think even the people kind of know. Right. Yeah. It's like last ditch effort. Yeah. And it's like you're just looking for any hope wherever. I don't know. Okay. So what yeah. else have you found on this? Where I lie on it is probably close with DJ is I think it's real. I think the act of man perceiving things that have not happened is real. However, I believe like it's probably insanely rare. I don't know how to explain it, and if someone scientifically proved me wrong, I wouldn't fight it. I wouldn't be like, "Wow, okay, you know." What I yeah, mean. yeah. But I'm very open to the idea of it being real. Um, I got a source And this is a famous folklorist and ethnologist, which is like the study of cultures and peoples. Mm -hmm. And a folklorist, which is cool. Like studies folklore from all around the world. Some Swedish dude. His name is Sven. Sven. Liljernblad. Sean, how was the pronunciation? That was
3: spot on. Perfect.
0: Uh, Yeah. So he defined divination as the art of determining the unknown by supernatural means. Whether this concerns future events or occurrences which are distinct in space, uh, he further identifies three ways that such knowledge could be obtained. One, a gifted person acquires knowledge through ecstasy, spiritual moments, and insight. Uh, two, dreams or visions can be can also grant knowledge about the future or of far off places, and finally three, through training of or gifted insight, a person is able to read natural occurrences as indicative of the future or distant events. um That's just like the brief summation that that guy gave. But he dives so deep. He he talks about every culture. Every culture has some sort of like divination or or fortune telling. I don't, it, it's like it's weird. It's to class it all together. I I don't mean to do it because fortune telling is very different than like you know, the shaman in the tribe who's like trying to see the outcome of the war, right? Like that's everywhere. He talks about, you know, Egypt, Asian countries, African countries. They all have some sort of like seeing the future, Mm -hmm. whether it's like throwing the bones on the ground, seeing how they lie, right? Yeah. Or like Tibetan monks, you know, uh, achieving this through meditation and whatnot. Anyway, so it's a theme in mankind that's like from the beginning. And it's hard to deny. And if you're a religious person, it's like religion is all built off prophecy. So I don't know. But is your local fortune teller real? Who knows? <laughs> um, I'm going to skip uh, several stories and I'm just going to tell Emily's. So Emily is the wife of our good friend Reed, Reed from Thailand. Mm-hmm. Emily served an LDS mission service mission in, in Cambodia and in Vietnam. Um, she's near the end of her mission. And throughout her mission, she's heard stories of this lady in this area. This lady was one of the best fortune tellers, like around, maybe in Cambodia, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Was interested in the church, got taught, believed it was true, got baptized and stopped doing that. I -hmm. think it was like her profession, right? Mm -hmm. But she still loves to, just for fun, tell the future or tell the fortune of any sister missionary who is going home soon just for fun. Oh shoot. Emily's aware of this. She's going home soon. So she's like, dude, let's go do it. Let's go visit the fortune teller lady. Worlds colliding. Yeah. So she went to the house of Ko Kim Lai. Um, She walks in. They're pretty familiar with her. I think they've met several times or she might even live in the area. They sit down, they get comfortable And I'm just going to call her Co Kim. Co Kim, uh, she makes it very clear. Okay, now listen, this is just for fun, right? (laughs) None of this is real. We're just doing this for fun. So her process Emily sits down. I'm sure Co Kim sets the mood. Mm -hmm. And she starts asking Emily a ton of questions. She asks her, What day of the week were you born? What's your birthday? What time were you born? Emily's answering these questions. I don't know if Ko Kim's writing these down, but a lot is happening. You can see, like, calculations or whatever. Ko Kim then goes over to a pad of paper and starts writing down a ton of numbers. She writes these all down on this piece of paper, and she starts circling numbers. And Emily's just watching her do this. And as she's circling some numbers, she's going through crossing other ones out. At some point, Kokim Kim stops. Says, oh, Okay. And this is her prediction for Emily. She then told me, I'm going to have a pretty good future with lots of kids that take care of me when I'm old. And all I'll do is eat and sleep. (laughs) Uh, She then told me, I was going to get married. And I asked if she knew who I was going to get married to. She said, she couldn't tell me, but I already, she said, you already know him. Oh, shoot. And she also says, he's a missionary right now he's also half asian like you and his dad is caucasian his mom is asian she kept asking a ton of questions like oh like what, you know what's his name where does he live how do you know how do i know him how do i already know him is he a missionary where is he sir? you know she's asking a ton of questions and ko kim just goes you'll find out in six months
1: the timeline Yeah, be specific that's what I need
0: at the time Emily's hearing this and I wanted to tell us in a different way I didn't mean to reveal that we knew Emily but anyway at the time she's hearing all this and she's like it's kind of like going over her head it's just like vague stuff right she's like wow that's crazy she steps down and her companion steps up it's time for her to get her Future told, once again, Ko Kim asks her questions: day of the week, birthday, whatever. All these numbers, circle, cross. He goes, huh? Ugh. Your fortune doesn't sound excited. <laughs> she said, "You will have a very hard life. You will be working until you're old, and you will marry someone." Who will be drunk and abusive all the time. <sighs> Emily's sitting there like. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. You, know, uh, you don't have to believe it if you don't want. It's all fun
2: remember. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she says I wasn't fully believing anything she was saying. I just thought it was like a fun experience. They both leave. They kind of chuckle chortle. That sucks you know. <laughs> yours, <laughs> yours sucked you know. And they leave. As we were leaving her house, Ko Kim says goodbye. She hugs Emily. She pulls her close. And she says, congratulations on the wedding. And they depart. So the two missionaries, the sisters, they go home and they're just, you know, they're talking about the experience. It was so fun. And Emily's doing her best to go through. She's combing her mind. I already know this guy. Like, who the heck is it? She's going through, trying to figure it out. Nothing's coming to mind. Whatever. Yeah. It was just for fun. Gets home. From Cambodia. She's back in the United States. It becomes a distant memory to her. Like she doesn't even think of it. And uh, she gets a text. She gets a text from Reed. Who is our friend. uh, My cousin. And who happens to be half Asian. Who has a white dad. Asian mom. And was serving a mission at the time. The same time Emily got this prediction. And uh, they had met in the MTC, like in the missionary training center, gets a text. It's from this freaking scoundrel named Reed. (laughs) And it says like, yo, what up, boo? You want to go out? No, it doesn't say that. It probably says something. It might have said that. We don't know. Uh, But nonetheless, it was asking her out on a date and she accepted. And it wasn't until later that she looked at the timeline and it was like six months from when she got the prediction. Those two ended up getting married And so far, looks like everything about her prediction is coming true. What
3: about the friend? Did she ever talk to the...
0: (sighs) So they've kept in touch. Uh, The friend actually reached out to Emily when she saw Emily announcing her wedding with Reed. And she says, like, is it true? Like, are all the details true? And Emily's like, yeah. Like, all the details are true. And her companion is just like, I am terrified. I am so terrified. And to this day, she's an older, like, she's, like, 10 years older than us or something like that, or than Emily. And she still is single because she is absolutely terrified about, like, getting married. Oh, no. I, yeah. Which is kind of, like, the self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like. Yeah. that is, But, like, how does that explain Emily? Emily's experience.
3: It does not.
0: Dude, to me, Emily's experience is, like, one of the most compelling All right. I'm a believer. Prediction. I've never heard that. (laughs) I know, right? That's wild. Okay, wait. So uh, it's probably worth mentioning that Ko Kim has given multiple fortunes that have come true to other missionaries. So this lady became renowned because so many sister missionaries at the end of the mission would go to her. And like people were freaking out about how accurate. Accurate, yeah. So uh, my companion messaged me after I got married and my fortune had come true and told me she's now scared to get married because of mine mine being true and hers must also be true the very end i asked ko kim lie where she learned how to do it and all she said was the master taught her oh that's wild (laughs) so who knows i don't know the master
1: that's so crazy
0: dude i want to meet this lady bro (laughs) get your we've got to go to cambodia (laughs) and ask her sorry if i pronounce anything wrong but dude so we're in the ferris wheel janelle just told me that story about that and then emily tells me this story and i'm like dude i cannot wait to share this with these dudes you've (laughs) held on to this for because about a month ago one of our listeners message and he goes hey i have a ton of stories about fortune tellers do you guys want to hear them and i was <laughs> like there it is so i've been waiting i won't share those now we'll share those at another time because we're running a little long uh but there's also one more story the reason why i haven't shared this because i haven't been able to track it down and we first heard it in hawaii we were all sharing scary stories and we turn and one of Janelle's friends who was living in Hawaii was just happening to like visit DJ's home and we're all in this dark room. It's the only room in the house with air conditioning. So we're like (laughs) 10 of us deep and people are just like lying on the floor and we're sharing scary stories. This might even be before 3 a.m. And uh, we, anyone else have stories? Like I've heard DJ stories. I've heard Sean's stories. Anyone else here have stories? Everyone? No, no, no. Becca? No. (laughs) And we like, Becca, come on. Like, do you have anything? And she goes, well, I have one, but it's like, it's the worst story. It's not even scary. And we're like, who cares? Tell it. And she tells a story, and it was like the best story of the night. And we've, we, I heard it once, but it's like six years ago. <laughs> I
1: can't remember a single bit of it.
0: I feel like I remember like the hit points. Good that you don't remember. Good that you kind of remember. Did the you hit track points, it down? No. Oh. The hit points have to do with a fortune teller. And so, as soon as I get that story, we're going to revisit this subject because there's so much here. Yeah. It is so deep. Like, I want, <laughs> I want to go into, like, various ways, different cultures, like, because, like, the throwing the stick stuff, like, dice, like, there's Bones. so much cars. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. I remember hearing that story and thinking it was one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. It no, no, was I've,
3: definitely the scariest of the night. We're all like... <laughs> What the hell? You, that's not
0: a good story. And she's like, anyway, that that was all. Anyway, that was my experience.
2: Yeah. Was and everyone, and everyone just, just sort of
0: like flabbergasted. Yeah,
1: slack jawed and wide eyed. I've called her a couple times, and she's called back. And the timing this just didn't tag. work. Yeah. All right. And uh, free
0: reign. All three of us. If anyone can get the story, who cares? Who gets it? Share it. I just want to hear it. Okay. Uh, but that's uh, my story tonight. I want to thank Janelle for sharing that and Emily for sharing that, uh, fun stories. Like, yeah, crazy subject. We haven't really gone into so much The master. Dude, oh. the, the whole, the, I got chills twice when she pulls her c- close and she says, congratulations on the wedding. Like that made it way more real. And then when she said, yeah, the master taught me. No. Yeah. It's like, what, what is that? Who is that?
3: Okay. Well, it's possible.
0: Uh, if any listeners out there have compelling stories, of storytelling or st- what the fortune fortune telling, dude. my brain is shutting <laughs> any off like, any stories <laughs> yeah. uh, of storytelling yeah of fortune telling let us know or anything with psychics it's very interesting to me and i would love to hear more but thank you janelle and emily
1: bros this has been a fun night
0: good everyone stories. did their due
1: diligence uh thank you listeners for tuning in did you have anything else before we close
0: uh, if you have a story share go to our website uh the 3am com or uh, hit the link in bio on our Instagram at the 3 a.m. pod. Send in your stories. Uh, yeah. yeah. And we love you. Yeah. Love you all. Trust your gut. Watch your back. I Love you. Be safe.
3: Be careful out there. Goodbye. See ya. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3 a.m. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon, where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3 AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, The3AMPodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Do not go any further. Turn around, go home.
1: The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore.
3: I know you know what happened. They went into houses
0: and killed women and children.
1: What are you thinking?
3: What a mess.
0: U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood.
3: And at the center of it all, is 25 year old Sergeant Frank Wooderick.
0: And
1: me. Murder in House Two. A new podcast from Crowd Network.